7.35. It has been a hot and humid summer so far, but also at times a polluted one. Even though the public hype about bad air qualities faded somewhat, or significantly since the spring, I think it's fair to say, the government took swift measures like shutting down older coal power plants temporarily last month. But much more will need to be done before we can say our air is safe to breathe on this peninsula. A joint study conducted by Korea's National Institute of Environmental Research and NASA recently confirmed we produce the majority of our own pollution within Korea, although, to be fair, a big chunk of that does blow in from China too. To discuss further, we're joined by Dr. James Crawford, Senior Scientist for Atmospheric Chemistry at NASA Langley Research Centre. Thank you very much for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. So first off, um, what was behind this study, NASA getting involved with the National Institute of Environmental Research? Well, uh, the reason we got involved was really looking into the future. Uh, NASA is interested in using satellites to look back at Earth and try to diagnose different problems, air quality being one of them. And uh, Korea will be launching a satellite as well. Uh, to look at air quality, you have to watch throughout the day, so you can't orbit. You have to be at a geostationary uh, location. And so with Korea planning to look at the Asian continent and uh, NASA planning to look at the North America, uh, this was a great chance for us to start working together as we work toward the future of using those satellites. Well, in the past, when we looked at this subject, we, we were hearing about this uh, plane that had been specially designed to, to, to literally fly over this peninsula many times to collect data. Can you give us a brief overview of the study? Sure. I can explain to you a little better why we have the plane as well. Uh, first of all, the satellite only measures a few critical variables. The aircraft literally measure over 100 different things in the air that really paint the complex picture of all of the different uh, emissions that are coming from transportation, industrial activity, and, and all of the energy generation that takes place on the Korean Peninsula. And so flying that plane through the atmosphere, uh, doing descents over the city of Seoul, and, uh, and looking both out over the West Sea and over the peninsula, we begin to see the distribution of pollution and can make comments uh, by comparing that information with computer simulations to understand what the various drivers are for the air quality problems. So the study was conducted between May 2nd and June 12th last year. Any particular reason why that time frame was chosen? So the reason we chose that time frame is because there are actually two pollutants that the, the people in Korea need to be concerned about. That's both the fine particle pollution, which is uh, getting a lot of attention, but also ozone is at very dangerous levels. And so it's not until you start to get the humid, hot conditions of, of the early summer that uh, ozone formation starts to become important. And we thought it was uh, a good idea to be there at a time when we could look at both the particle and the ozone pollution at the same time. Yes, uh, well, because often we have major dust problems even in the winter when it'd be a lot colder, but uh, to raise attention to ozone, which we can't see, uh, seems to be very important too. Any major challenges that we need to be aware of in assessing this study? Um, in terms of major challenges, I think, uh, you know, we're simply at this point trying to provide good advice uh, to the Ministry of Environment in Korea to understand what are the areas that they can uh, tackle that will make the most difference the soonest. So how serious was the air pollution that you discovered? 
and therefore I think we well, can say um, in the present you know, the, tense. The air quality standards that we're all trying to reach around the world are, are slightly different, but during that study period, that six weeks, we saw repeated violations of ozone throughout the entire study period, and we did see a, a short period of the particle, the fine particle pollution standard, uh, even though the daily fine pollution standard uh, for particles was not uh, exceeded that often, the average abundance of fine particles was still more than enough to put you over your annual average exposure. So there's both, uh, you know, daily and annual average exposures that have to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. It's the long term that seems to be associated with the, the chronic illnesses uh, that we've talked about again many times on the show. But, but just breaking this down with the ozone first of all when you say that we've uh, exceeded that what would be causing ozone particularly uh, apart from the weather being hotter so so one thing that's actually fortunate in this uh, in the results of this study is that uh, the things that are driving the ozone are also the things that are driving the particles so uh, there are two ingredients in particular for ozone uh, that's the nitrogen oxides that come from uh, any high-temperature combustion, so a power plant, an automobile engine, uh, anything that's, that's burning uh, very hot will create the nitrogen oxides. Uh, then there's the non-methane hydrocarbons, or we say VOCs, volatile organics. Uh, those come from industry. Uh, they, again, come from the use of fossil fuels. Uh, these things combine together to create ozone in the atmosphere and to also condense into, into fine particle pollution. And so one of the findings of this particular study is that there are common elements for both of those pollution uh, results. And, and to be clear on what I said before, it's completely invisible, is it? That it doesn't produce any sort of haze on the horizon when the, that's high? The ozone itself is invisible. The yeah. haze from the particles is the visible portion. And to some degree, nitrogen dioxide, if it builds up to high enough levels, is a brownish gas. So, so the tint of, of, of the air can be affected by the NO2. Um, so, so there are some visible aspects. But um, I would tell you that you can be outside on a day when there's a very high ozone and it will look like a beautiful day. There's really no way for you to be sensitive to that other than to be paying attention to the Air Korea uh, observations that are published daily. Yeah, well, again, speaking of those Air Korea public, you know, those publicated data, what we see is pretty concerning because often we'll have a smiley face uh, in the green color zone, and then you'll look at another website like AQI, and it will tell you the uh, the, the, the pollution's you know high or very high yeah, for sensitive I, groups. I have an answer for this. Yeah. <laughs> so the Korean standard for daily exposure to fine particle matter is 50 micrograms per cubic meter. Now, that number probably doesn't mean much to you, but the standard in the U.S. is at 35. Uh, now, the, there, are, there are goals for Korea to get to a lower number, but right now they're trying to meet the 50. AQICN actually interprets air quality data through the U.S. EPA standard. And so even though you will see that smiley face on the Air Korea network, when AQICN does their calculation, they're basing it on the U.S. standard of 35 micrograms, which mm. is much more commonly exceeded and, and would have been exceeded almost routinely during the campaign that we conducted last year. Well, again, does presum- that help? presumably we need to be aiming as high as we can on this uh, or as low as we can, as the case may be, for health benefits. Um, but as far as the source of pollution is concerned, let's also cover that. More than 50% of pollution 
of the fine dust side of it coming from within Korea, even though we've long heard the claim that China is blowing over most of the pollution. Uh, so what are the main domestic factors? So getting back to the domestic factors, you're looking again at there are so many people. And so with, with that many people, 25 million people in Seoul, you're going to have some pollution. And the vehicular traffic is a, is a very, very substantial source of the nitrogen oxide. It's a dominant source, I would say. Um, on, the, on the hydrocarbon side, it really turned out to be, and it's not the amount of hydrocarbon, it's how reactive it is, how quickly is it going to engage in the chemistry. And there we found that, that aromatics, specifically toluene, played a huge role. And that's coming from solvent use and, and a lot of industrial a- applications taking pra- place across the Seoul region. What about um, the PM 2.5 that we hear so much about? Um, is that similar sources or would that be slightly different? It, it is similar sources. There you can bring in sulfate and ammonium into the picture. But, but the real uh, you know, uh, drivers are, are the, the VOCs and the NOx for, for a very large component of the local particulate matter as well. Recognizing that very little particulate matter is coming directly into the atmosphere is being formed after the fact from these other gases in the atmosphere. When the new government decided to shut down older coal power plants for a month after winning that election uh, in May, it seemed like the air got better, but scientists were telling us it would only actually influence about 1% to 2% of the pollution that we have locally. Uh, so maybe that was just coincidental. It would seem it was if that figures to be believed. What's your view of the older coal power plants and coal power plants generally as a factor in this country? So, so in, improving the situation for power plant emissions is worthwhile, but I would agree with them that you can't remove meteorology from the picture. Air quality is exacerbated under very specific meteorologies. And when you start looking at the total amount of emissions or pollutants coming out into the atmosphere, uh, the power plants are not dominant. So, so what can we do? Uh, vehicles, industrial solvent use, it, uh, is it possible to, to make these things not go away entirely, but to clean them up pretty quickly? Because that's what most people want, cleaner air to breathe. But at what cost? Um, there, there are strategies. Again, I'm more on the air quality scientist side. I'm not a policymaker, so there is some work to be done to track down what's going on with the solvent use. And on the vehicle side, it takes time because you have to uh, basically have the fleet replaced over time. And there's a tremendous amount of diesel traffic uh, in, in Seoul compared to other locations, uh, specifically, you know, comparing to the U.S., there's a lot more diesel traffic, and diesel uh, engines create a lot higher level of, of nitrogen oxides. And with what's been going on with some of the, the news with Volkswagen and other companies creating these uh, devices that would cheat the test, uh, they could be putting out quite a bit more than, than we previously thought. Yeah, well, older diesel vehicles, as well as those older coal power plants, they've been the ones attracting many of the headlines. Um, But what about external factors? Even if we were to clean our act up entirely, I I doubt we could say we would have suddenly clean air, because even if we produce most of our own, we're still getting a substantial amount blowing over from China, for example. So uh, the, the way I would address that is that, you know, the influence you're getting from China is a small amount of what they're suffering from themselves. In other words, uh, the people in in Beijing and other parts of China, China like Shanghai, are equally concerned about their local air quality uh, and are looking for solutions to that. So in that sense, 
uh, I think that's going to get better over time. Will it be totally solved? I agree with you. I mean, even in the U.S., we struggle to meet standards in, in a lot of our larger cities. So it, it, it's a constant battle to be looking for uh, these sources and how they change. You know, in, new industries pop up. Uh, you know, the population habits change. So, so this is an ongoing problem. I think that you can expect the Chinese influence to continue, but but certainly they are in a position to turn the corner as well. So I see better things happening. Uh, certainly not worse, uh, but but yeah, it's a factor that has to be uh, considered in in meeting your goals in Korea. Dr. Crawford, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Dr. James Crawford from NASA Langley Research Center directly involved in studying the sources of pollution. It, it's very easy for someone like myself uh, and many others who live in Seoul, people who are not experts in the field, to, to just make sweeping statements like we need to get rid of coal power plants. But obviously, as we've just been hearing there, that on its own will not even come close to solving this problem. And sadly, there isn't just one solution, but probably a dozen factors that we would need to work on in conjunction to even make a dent here. If you want to share your thoughts, Powder Sharp 1013 for 51 per message.